All right, guys, and welcome back in to the Flag Hunting Podcast. As always, my name is Chris. I am joined by Ian, and we are here to talk about Daytona for the season finale, the Coke Zero 400. Um, and boy, do we have a show for you guys. Uh, we're going to do a little draft. We're going to talk a little. Watkins, we're going to break down Watkins Glen. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things. But more importantly, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Full Tank Phil on with us. Uh, Phil. How is it going? Guys, I'm I'm honored to get the invite for this race in particular. Um, I love everything that comes with Daytona, but when we're talking about the night race, it's even more fun because to me, I mean, you run into people who kind of tend to avoid gambling on the super speedways. To me, this is the, the most fun I can have, you know, have some buddies over, um, you know, do a draft like we're going to do uh, in some way, shape or form, take some money that you don't ever care if you ever see it again and, and throw it on some stuff that you feel good about and uh, have yourself a day or in this case a night. So to get the invite, uh, I was pretty pumped and I'm happy to be here. So quick little nugget here and Ian doesn't even know that I'm going to be mentioning this, but uh, I went back in the archives and I looked on the uh, full tank fill archives and it just so happens that two years ago to this day was when I went on Phil's show as Chris from Instagram. Um, <laughs> and you could say that that's what sparked this whole idea. So, Phil, how does it make you feel? Two years ago today, I was just Chris from Instagram. <laughs> that's I mean, it's wild because so I was just recording for uh, the full tank podcast with Seth from In Between Media. And we were talking about how time flies because a year ago, so so two years ago, you were coming on the show to do Daytona, um, and we the week were after doing that the was off. the week after that was Derek, by the way, first time. The week Derek after was that was Derek. Okay, yeah, I mean, so so that's even crazy too. Like <laughs> how how things just like spring into action. You're right because he came on for like Darlington, um, yep. and so then a year later, we're all together up in Lancaster for the Daytona live event that we had put together which was yep. crazy um, to think like just in one year, things had uh, progressed so well. And now a year later, like everybody is still, everybody's still doing their own thing. Everybody's still like on an upward trajectory, which is awesome to see. And it feels as if like you could have told me that that was like three weeks ago, or that was like June. Like I can still feel what it's like to be in the back of Rory's truck, listening to Hardy, <laughs> like till my ears are bleeding, like on the way to golf. You know what I mean? Like that—that's what I'm. Like I, I could see it like it's yesterday. So the fact that it's like a, a year later is just wild, and it makes me uh, kind of think that we got to get back together with everybody. So, um, yeah, wild how the the years are flying by here. I guess you could say. I want to get Absolutely. some insight real quick. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I'm sure you have some pre-planned segments here. Uh, I, I want to get some insight on on Phil. Like, what was the landscape? I mean, we're hearing about obviously we started two years ago. Derek started around the same time as we did. I still remember Derek as Shadow underscore Blaze uh, on Twitter when he was he was DMing us with like 15 followers. Um, he was like the first DM we ever got. <clears throat> but what was the landscape like in 2021 fall season in the NASCAR gambling space? Because uh, this is all pretty new to me, so I, I, I want some insights on. You're you're the OG for a lot of us, and uh, you know, kind of who who maybe are some some old haunts and old names that you maybe uh, could throw back to a couple years ago. Yeah, um, 
so around that time, I guess, like things started to to pick up because I think what you've seen is COVID definitely got a lot of people into NASCAR, like for good, for for worse, whatever. Gambling um, wise, gambling wise <laughs> yeah. specifically, uh, because it was the only show in town for for a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so by 2021, I think there was a little bit more. You know, I, I had some guests on Jordan Maccabee from from Fan Racing Online. Like he was a a, a good get, and he was a good guest um, that year for sure. Um, I was because it was like so low key. Like I was able to have like Jordan Bianchi on at that point. He writes for the Athletic now, Jeff Gluck, um, and and those names like. You know, Bianchi doesn't seem like that big of a get because Derek's out here pulling in like, you know, Bob Pockris and, <laughs> and, you know, everybody, Jeff Glock, you know, all the, but, yeah. but for me, like that was a big deal. But in terms of like other like shows and whatnot, like there really wasn't anything like too crazy um, up until, you know, I would say like 2022 is when I first started to see like other shows kind of like popping up and i'd be able to like listen to them and and see how like they handle their show or the structure of their show so 2021 was still you know pretty uh it was the year that i first started trying to get some guests on the show um and then that's when we came up with the idea of the the face-off because i was thinking like if there are other people out there listening to this that might want to like give their take like that would be a fun way to do that and chris was definitely uh one of those people who's the first one i think to respond and that was awesome. His DM, I like read that aloud to Stacy when I was like sitting in the car. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just wild to, to think about like how just like our shows, Derek's, you know, umbrella of stuff that he's got going on, um, Seth and, and everything there, the Lane Coin Boys, like that, you know, umbrella of stuff here. But in it, in same time, like the NASCAR gambling world, like it, it's blowing up. Um, and you know, it feels like you're, you're right in the the right spot to be at. So, um, still like, I feel like you could get into NASCAR. Somebody could be listening to this podcast right now and want to say like, I I think I could do a show. Um, and I'd still say you're, you're in the ground floor. Um, so it feels like this is still a a powder keg about to explode for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just wild. Like even like, you know, I remember listening to like the Speedway Steve guys on your podcast too that same year. Like they they jumped in full full blow during COVID as well. So they sure did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many so many guys in the space that are close to this, close to us, friends of the show, um, and I'm sure are are on everyone else's playlist each week, um, <laughs> as as well as ours. So um, yeah, so let's 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 get in some NASCAR now that we're busting each other's balls a little bit. Um, so let's talk about Watkins Glen. Um, so I know that on Jeff Gluck's poll, I think it came out to like 36, 39%, something like that for, was it a good race? Uh, like the lowest Watkins Glen of, I don't know of all time, but pretty low. Uh, I know, um, from a gambler's, uh, how gamblers fared. I, you know, I saw some buying tickets out there. So there you know, certainly was a lot of people that cashed. Uh, we unfortunately did not, but, but Phil, what did you, what about you guys over there? Uh, full tank, full, how did you guys fare at Watkins Glen? And, and what do you think of the race overall? as a fan and a better. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk, uh, the bets first and then we'll talk, uh, just as a fan and, and some of the, the highlights or lowlights from the race. Um, so not great was the, the recap. Um, likewise, uh, we had, yeah, I had Rye Cape on this week or last week. And, um, the guys that we kind of talked about early in the week, you know, really didn't step up i I, did, I performed great at the indie road course and i was almost like let's you know copy and paste um and that didn't 
play out. Like Rye and I talked about Suarez for a little bit, and he was completely out to lunch. So, you know, we had Suarez top five, top 10. That was just a, a complete just meltdown. Um, Which is wild considering how good he was the week before. Like, had arguably the best car. <laughs> synopsis for Trackhouse this season, to be honest with you, like they're just so inconsistent and not trustworthy. So, yeah, that one that one kind of stung a little bit. Um, just pulling them back up here. I mean, I, I had a, a couple, three bets hit. And it was Byron over Hamlin. That was one that we were big on, really in on for sure. Had Busher top 10 on uh, on race day. And then we had AJ over Kyle. Uh, but other than that, I had a couple that, you know, Gibbs over AJ was one that I wanted. And yeah. that they were right around each other the whole damn race, and, and that didn't hit. Um, I had Bell for top Toyota. That just missed. Uh, but then there were some others that were just total losses. Um you know, Larson, we had him to win yeah. that, you know, I was going to say, meltdown. I feel like NASCAR Twitter community, like we lost a lot on that Larson penalty, uh, Crazy. Whether outright or pot top five. Like it's just one of those things where I think if you had exposure to Larson, you just, you kind of have to just take it and move on because he was, I think outside of Byron, he was the guy that was looking to, uh, to move his way through the field and maybe get that 24 run for his money. But once he had the penalty, I think everyone kind of, checked out and was like, well, I don't really see anyone that's going to compete with this 24. So yeah, just kind of yeah. picking the nuts there. It was, it was brutal. Um, had a, I had, I hit a three leg parlay, which was nice. Didn't save my day or anything like that, but that was nice. But a couple other things that like annoyed the shit out of me was like chase and Logano. I had them head to heads. Like they were heavy favorites in their head to heads. Logano wiped the floor with Harvick. No problem there. Chase was beating Truex all day. And then, runs out of gas let's put a pin in that because we have to talk about how that's possible uh but that was that was a stinger and then i threw mcdowell into a parlay with a you know a cross sport situation and then the mcdowell thing happened so it was just like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in certain sense um you know we talked about truex a lot with rye on the podcast early in the week last week and you know he didn't really bring much to the table he you know finished six i had him top five i had him top three like of course, you know what I mean? Just missing yeah. uh, at least one of those. So it was just one of those days, but um, I, I was not really a fan of the, the back-to-back road courses and uh, looking back on it now in retrospect from a gambling standpoint, I, I definitely wasn't a fan of it. We hit, we were good. We thought, yeah. you know, we, we thought we knew everything and then yeah. uh, Watkins Glen changed the, changed the game a little bit for us. So um, definitely could have gone better. I mean, from a standpoint of the fan, uh, I think I'm there with the majority of uh, Jeff Gluck yeah. voters. It was, I go back and forth. Every road course we have, I go back and forth with these stage breaks. Um, sometimes I think it's great. Sometimes I think it's a, a nightmare. And uh, I don't know what makes me a better NASCAR fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. does it make you a purist if you don't like the stage breaks? And, you know, you're a real NASCAR fan if you don't. Uh, I think they could have used some some bunching up and to see these guys getting after it again. But uh, so I guess, you know, I have better memories of past Watkins Glen races. That's for sure. Yeah. I I think, I think a lot of it is also the fact that um, none of us on this podcast had Byron. So (laughs) it's a big, it's, I mean, like you hate to say it because like you want to be a pure NASCAR fan and you want to be a fan of motorsports, but like at the end of the day, like the tickets you cash at the end of the race, like, have bearing on what your opinion of the overall day and um i'm sure if you know like from like an objective nascar fan standpoint like 
I think, yeah, would have, it, the race definitely would have served to be a lot more entertaining if, if Larson or McDowell maybe wouldn't have had those penalties and we could have seen some races for the lead. But um, but that's just unfortunately kind of the way it goes in NASCAR sometimes where uh, you don't always get the two best cars fighting at the, at the very end for various reasons. So, um, yeah, it's certainly not like I, – I mean, unless you like were all in on Byron, I don't think it was like a particularly compelling race. Um, but, you know, if Larson or McDowell don't – getting fractions on pit road, we, we might be singing a very different tale in terms of just a pure viewing product. Yeah. So in my, my main point for taking away stage breaks is I'm a fan of it. Like I, I like not having stage breaks. I like not having the chaos of the restarts, but I think this should have been a two way move, right? I think they should have taken away stage breaks, but also staggered the stage laps, right? Don't make it 20, 20, 30 or 15, 15, 45, whatever it is, make it to where you have to force teams to make fuel, better fuel decisions regardless of the stage breaks, regardless of stage points. Change it up a little bit. Just mm-hmm. don't make it so so like standardized like we're at the open. Open up strategy. Yeah, open up some strategy elements into it because it feels like everyone's kind of on the same. Yeah. yeah on, they're on the same like course basically. Like, yeah. There's really any variation. And, yeah. and I think that we saw, like, and, and I'm confused as to why. I, I, would, I would be curious to go back and look at what the the standard or what the what the setup was for Coda. But I feel like Coda, like, we were all, after that race, we were all like, that was amazing. Like, that was what we wanted. That's why we didn't want stages. And then it feels like almost every road course since then, we've been like, okay, uh, maybe we maybe that's not what we wanted. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I heard that today on, I think it might have been Denny's podcast about, like, you know, change up the, the lap intervals and that might that might enforce a little more strategy um see them but, doing that yeah i mean it's it's an easy fix right like and, and i can make that argument for the ovals too like why is it that every all the first two stages are always the same amount of laps and then we've got like a double the time for the third stage like mm-hmm. just like you have the data to look at tire fall off and fuel windows and stuff before the race just you know they can figure out what 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 that point is to force teams into decisions and make it really more strategy. I just don't understand why they don't. It's like they're, they're too infatuated with the pretty numbers of like 100, 100, 200. You that's know? exactly like, what it is. Like yeah. it's, it's to dumb it down for folks. Yeah. 100%. But I, I think it's a good point. And I wouldn't be shocked uh, if we do see that like kind of a slow build towards, you know, they're always open, it seems like in the more recent decade uh, to, iterate on stuff so we'll see we'll see if that resonates with them what i what i will say from just a pure going back to the pure betting standpoint at Watkins Glen, i don't think the formula that you would have used at indy road course was all that dissimilar from the formula that you would use at Watkins Glen, because i mean we, we all i think we all came out of the indy road course race as only being more bullish on the fact that if you can project the fastest cars on saturday you can you can grab a, an obscene amount of closing line value on Sunday, and I think that was the thesis of a lot of of a lot of bets. And a lot of the Byron tickets you saw, they weren't getting placed on Sunday morning at eight to one. They were placed early in the week at twenty five to one when he was you know a bit of an afterthought based on his road course history. And you know we just assumed Hendrick is going to have speed here. You don't take Chase at three to one. You don't take Larson at six to one. You take Byron at twenty two, twenty five to one. Uh, and I think the fact that he was able to to win maybe um in the future will will allow us to kind of take that one track sort of mentality 
um, into future road courses because it's it's I think it's pretty clear to me that if you have track position with no stage breaks and a fast car, like I don't really care at this point what your road course history looks like. I I just I'm really just trying to project if we're having a show or recording of a road course on Tuesday afternoon, who's going to qualify well? Who's going to practice well? What do those numbers say? And I know Chris, I mean, Chris had a pole bet on Byron uh, for Saturday afternoon. So it's not like this snuck up on us, him having speed on Saturday. It was just a matter of could he close the race? And it's, you know, it, at, at that point, at that number particularly, like it's it's almost a move forward. Like, you know, you're just, I'm just willing to take the risk. You know, yeah, maybe he makes a stupid mistake because he's not the best road course racer and, and, and costs us a ticket. But, you know, there's an equal amount of times where he's just got the fastest car in the field and he's just going to drive away from these guys. And with the limited amount of costs that we've seen in, at any road course at Watkins Glen, et cetera, um, you know, track business means so much at the start of the race that even your Cobbless guys like Chase and, um, and, and, you know, Reddick, et cetera, are not able to make up that time, even if, you know, they are more accomplished racers. So um, I think, yeah, like it was a tough week for, for both of us, but um, I do walk out of Watkins Glen when I think, um, a bit of insight into like just future strategy road courses, because if we're going to run basically, you know, a hundred or 200 laps um, with essentially no cautions, it seems like um, in most of these races, it's just kind of, a you know, it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of formula one. It's a, it's a Saturday race. And then, you know, Sunday, if you're able to predict Saturday, right, you're likely to have a really, really good position heading into Sunday. I was just going to say, I mean, it almost makes me want to like reach out to our, our friends who cap formula one, because it, it seems like, I mean, talking like Cody Zeebs, Rod, uh, the Speedway Steve guys, like those guys, how do they cap? Well, I, I think they start with starting positions and who's going to qualify well at the certain track. So, yeah, I mean, I think you definitely could take a, a cue from their book um, or a page from their book rather, and try to do it because it is everything. I mean, it really is everything and I'm, I'm more so. And the thing that sucks about it is you want to put a pin in that for the next time around, but the next time around is the Roval. And I think that's its own thing. I don't know if it's going to be as beneficial to try to predict. We said, that, you know, we said about the Watkins Glen, though. We said the same thing about Watkins Glen, how it's going to be different, you know, how it's just, True. Hard, you know, well, I mean, it's worth a shot to, yeah, to yeah. try to project, but you know, if it's not that, then you have to wait all the way to Coda to try to um, use that strategy of like projecting the, the starting order and just go in and all in those guys. But uh, I'm kicking myself even more, maybe, you know, than I should be. Cause when I'm looking at the best that I missed, I mean, some of them did just miss, uh, but I was in a text chain with folks right after the NASCAR betting preview show last Wednesday night. And I said in the text chain, like, you know, the fastest car I think last week at Indy was, was Byron. I mean, he started in the back. He was able to come all the way up to like 14th with no, no breaks. And I didn't do anything uh, with Byron other than hammer him over at Hamlin, which obviously hit by one, which was a shock <laughs> to me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I hit the head to head, but I, if I was just smart enough just to like read my own text and be like, you know what? I should throw something down on 22 to one. That would have been uh, smart, but I'm not. So, you know, it's it is <laughs> live, what it is. Live and learn, Phil. It's live it's, and learn. We'll move on. It's all a process, no matter where you are. So that's right. Um, yeah, but that's that's. I guess that's all we try to do in the recaps is just try to find obviously uh, some insights going into next race. And um, I think yeah, I think those those people. I mean, like I said, Chris was very in on Byron on Saturday speed. Um, but you know, those those guys that were able to to utilize that knowledge and. and him outright at 22 25 to one obviously we're the we're the winners on sunday afternoon so 
I guess that's all we've got for Watkins Glen. Uh, Twenty minutes to talk between three losers uh, <laughs> in, uh, in the in the upstate of New York, uh, but we can move on here. That's the good news about both of our sports, whether it be NASCAR or golf, is you know pretty much year round. There's just a, there's always a new odds board to kind of jump on, and you know one good week in NASCAR can really uh, can really set you up for for multiple weeks, particularly when you talk about the odds that we see on display here at Daytona. So second fall race here, or the second race of the season here, the fall race at Daytona. Um, fourth super studio race, or no, fifth super studio race. We had two at Atlanta already, right? Yeah, yep, so fifth studio race. We've got plenty of data points between 2022 and 2023 in the next gen car. These races, um, obviously the last cutoff race as well. The the, the main storyline, I guess, that will be on the broadcast will be this is the last chance for all those that are out of the playoffs to enter the playoffs. Uh, so plenty of natives to, to fly around, obviously, a ton of variants to be had. Um, on uh, in on these particular tracks, so I'm going to throw it to Chris real quick on his just basic breakdown of Daytona. Most most of y'all will know what the deal is here, but uh, obviously he's got some course breakdown to do, and then obviously we've got um, a special segment with uh, with our boy Full Tank Phil here uh, when it comes down to breaking down the odds board. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything you know too special as far as the model, right? I mean it's it is what it is. It's a super speedway, so um, I, I would say for the most part I am looking at just Daytona um, and Dega. Um, and maybe sprinkling in a little Atlanta just because, you know, Atlanta still at the end of the day is still super speedway like. I think that it definitely has its differences, um, but um, there's definitely more of an emphasis that, that I'm placing as far as uh, Daytona and Dega go. So um, I've got most of my emphasis on those two tracks, most of my emphasis on 2023, the five races from this year. Um, and then, you know, obviously a good emphasis on just the next gen era and then a sprinkle of the historical data as well. Um that's really all there is to it, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of a lot of digging you got to do this week. It's it's more of kind of see what the model spits out, but we're not it's super speedway, right? So you got to kind of read between the lines, think of who you think, you know, has value. Where are the narratives for this week being that's the last race of the of the regular season. Um so I'm not going to go into too much detail because I do want to get to the the main event here uh, of the draft, but I will read out just who the model did spit out that I did put together for the top 10. Um, so I do have a number one, Denny Hamlin, number two, Joey Logano, number three, Ryan Blaney, number four, Martin Truex, number five, Alex Bowman, number six, Chris Buescher, number seven, Austin Sindrick, number eight, Chase Elliott, number nine, Chris Bell, and number 10, Kevin Harvick. So as you can see just from that, right, some pretty wild names in the top 10 there. Um, so uh, just kind of shows you what to expect from a race like Daytona, a race like a super speedway, a race that's going to cap off the, the regular season. So um, with that being said, it is August 22nd. It is Tuesday. Um, and a week from today is a real big time of year for football fans because we will be ending preseason. And a lot of people, I would say, you know, probably 90% of the people listening to this podcast will be probably gearing up, gearing up for a fantasy football draft. Um, and if you want to hear more fantasy football talk, please listen to Full Take Fool's episode this week as he has Seth from IBT Media on. I know they talked a little bit about some fantasy football. Um, but, Phil, I do want to throw it to you just real quick. You know, I know for me and Ian, fantasy football was kind of the catalyst for, for even us getting into really deep into the sports world, sports gambling world, starting up our group chat. Um, so, you know, what does fantasy football mean to you? Uh, and, and, you know, are you as big a gambler on football as you are, are NASCAR? Or is this more of just a fandom speak for you? Love fantasy football. Um, I'm in two leagues religiously um both of him both of them have been going on for i think 15 years one's like my high school buddies 
And uh, another one is like my hockey team, uh, like our men's league hockey team from like, you know, just in when we were in college, uh, we started this. So, uh, yeah, love that. Love the, you know, draft night, obviously, is always fun. And um, it, it, I, NFL, I'm not as much of a, you know, cash gambler on the sports book type of deal. I, I typically kind of save NFL for my fantasy um, rosters. Like, that's where my focus is there. I am, it's not the topic for tonight, but like college football is my where I thrive on uh, actual like gambling. So yeah, that I, I am stoked for this coming week zero uh, last year when we Penn were State together, Chris, Penn State's uh, looking great. I mean, I'm ready to have my heart broken in 50 million pieces. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, let me get, you know, quick derailment Vanderbilt minus 17 against Hawaii. This weekend, Saturday night, Chris, we watched this home and home last year and I was on yep. Hawaii com- completely miserable um, this year. Could you imagine being in Hawaii, uh, leaving like the state that's like burning down, like your family's house is like burning and then you get off in Nashville looking at some basic bitches on bachelorette parties. Like, where is your mindset uh, for that football game? It's not ready for football. So, yeah, college football is uh, where I do a lot of gambling fantasy football for the NFL. That's where I, I spend uh, my time worrying and uh, I am super excited. I actually told the lane coin boys, like I I'm sorry, I can't come on for Darlington. I've got like three drafts. I'm in like a, a shitty league too. So three, three drafts uh, next week. It's just that time of year guys. So it, it's hard not to be amped up. It's a good time of year. So it sounds like the first lock of the season uh, for full tech field Vandy minus 17 and a half. <laughs> minus yeah. 17. I don't even need the hook. Minus 17. Yeah. No, no hook, no hook. I'll, I'll buy the extra half point. Why not? There you go. Just, just um, for you. Yeah, over against Hawaii. Yep, yep. I'll be watching that. Uh, my plan for Daytona, fellas, I got my cousin coming over, a couple other buddies. I'm going to have three TVs. I got Daytona up on the big one. I got uh, football in the, the middle and the, the Phillies underneath. So um, we're, we're ready for, for this Saturday for sure. Love it, man. Yeah, no better no better time in the sports calendar than football starting up. You got baseball playoffs, NASCAR playoffs. Golf season starting back up, although no one cares about the Fortnite championship except for me. <laughs> had to throw them there, had to throw them there for the brand. Um, but yeah, we again we can talk to full tank Phil like legit, just ramble on and on. So let's let's get some structure in this episode, uh, and Chris will lay out kind of what we're doing for the actual draft um, and uh, his general premise because this is his baby here with uh, with the format we're about to go through. Yeah, so uh, as if not as if I didn't bury the lead there, right? So it's fans football season, but it's also the finale for the regular season for NASCAR. Two two pretty big uh, events going on in our spaces here. So you know, I just wanted to find a way to, to combine them, right? How do we how do we combine these into two? And no better way than to do a NASCAR draft, right? As, as we also did this a year ago, as you mentioned, right? At, in Lancaster, PA live, we we also did a Daytona draft then as well. Um, but I wanted to put a, like a fantasy football spin onto this. So uh, I came up with a format, which I will talk about here shortly. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to basically draft um, 18 drivers tonight. And how that's going to, what that's going to consist of is the first position. Well, it doesn't have to be the first one you draft, but the first position you're drafting is your QB, right? That's in, in most drafts, I mean, I guess maybe running back is probably the predominant position in your normal fantasy football drafts, but your quarterback is still like your main guy. The guy's going to get you the most points. So for this fantasy NASCAR draft or Daytona draft, 
um, the QB1 is going to be our dominator. That's our stud. This is the guy that at the end of the day, when we're calculating our points, his points are going to count for one and a half times points, basically. So this is going to be your, your guy, your stud, the guy leading your squad. Then we're going to draft our RB1 and our wide receiver one, right? So in your normal drafts, again, these are going to be your, 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 hit, your big hitters. So same for here for the NASCAR draft. We have to draft our RB1 and wide receiver one have to come from the current top 16 in the driver's points. Um, so whoever is currently above the cut line, those are your RB1 and wide receiver one spots. Then we move on to our RB2 and wide receiver two spots. These can be anybody outside of the top 16 in the driver's points. So more of your, your flyers, your late round sleepers, right? Guys you think are the breakouts. Um, and then the final position that you'll be drafting is the tight end. And this has to be the position that we all draft last. So this will be our sixth round picks here. Um, and you can take, it's your wild card, right? Tight end pretty much is all over the board. If you're not getting a Travis Kelsey, you're left with scraps for the most part, right? So wild card in this sense for us is anybody left on the board, right? So there's probably going to be some names, you know, within the top 16 um, that are, are worthy of a selection. You can also take somebody from outside the top 16 that wasn't picked yet, or we're also going to include Xfinity. So you can take an Xfinity driver if you so choose. So we will end up with six drivers for our team. Uh-oh, Ian's got his hand raised already. This is oh, a yeah, problem. Yeah. I'm, what I'm you taking, got? I'm taking, I'm taking notes here. I know you sent me a format beforehand, but uh, yeah, it's probably better to ask you in person before I do something wrong. So the tight end is um, the points count for the Xfinity race, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then my second question, my final question is, uh, we're talking about driver standings or playoff standings? Because those are two different things. Because Mike McDowell currently in the playoff standings is 13th, and the driver standings is 17th. So, so I it, meant, yeah, I playoff. meant like the, yeah, the playoff standings. But I really meant like what I was meaning by that was like the driver standings. Because technically, in the owner standings, like the nine car is technically in in the owner standings. That's what I was kind of trying to differentiate there. But yeah, yeah the drivers playoff standings. The guys, that, the guys that need a win, basically. The well for the top 16, yeah. Well, the top 16 are the guys that are already in, and then the bottom 16 are the guys that aren't. Yeah. Okay. All right. If I do something wrong, you can you can obviously uh, reprimand me then. But I think I got it. And then um, from a scoring standpoint, obviously we're going to use. I think we're just going to use finishing position. I think we, me and Ian, kind of talked about that before. So it's almost kind of like a golf score this week. So basically, the lowest score of all of our drivers is, is who's going to win. Um, so we'll tally that up at the end of the week and, and decide who's going to win. We'll put this up on a, a try to Photoshop this into like a fantasy football chart uh, roster kind of thing. But um, first things first. Let's decide the order. Um, right. So we haven't we haven't decided that yet, and we haven't um, we we want to do this live. I'm going to try to share this. Obviously, we're not a video show, so this isn't going to do much for you guys. But for us, I've got a fancy little random wheel generator here. I've got the logo in the middle for the race. <laughs> so let's spin it here. We're going to decide whoever lands on first is drafting first, second is drafting second, and third, and so on. So here we go. Let's spin the wheel. Oh, the guest oh, baby. Oh, Bill baby. is in oh. the 101 spot, uh, slot there. Oh, we even got a little cheers. Look at that. <laughs> I love the crowd noise. All right. Fan favorite. <laughs> All right. So on? now we're deciding 102. Yes. Yes. And Ian's pumped about the turn. And I don't blame him. I actually kind of oh, love the turn. <laughs> no, no. I'm pumped. I'm pumped because I have the 601. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm pumped. I have the 601 now. So you can All fill right. up my 601. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a great point. Okay. 
I'm ready. All right. So let me change the screen over here and get something else. We'll get a draft board up here. This is great podcasting. <laughs> All right. So there we go. So let me fill this out. We got Phil. We got me. Oh, that's not right. And then Ian again, then me, then Phil. And then I'll copy that down. All right. So, um, yeah, Phil, I guess with that being said, I guess let me first start out with saying from what I talked about from a model standpoint, um, is there anything else that there's anything that I called out that maybe you agree or disagree with? Did you did you put them all together similarly or not similarly? Um, and not giving away any drivers by any means, but just from a, you know, your, your set of how you kind of yeah, put things so. together this week. Yeah. What are you kind of looking at? Yeah, three things. Um, one, you said it. You got to look at Daytona. So I'm looking at the last ten races at Daytona. It brings you back to 2018. I, th I think that's um, that's fine. You know, five years ago. Um, then I'm looking at Talladega and Daytona since the start of the 2022 season. So that'll give you six races. I think that's a pretty decent sample size uh, for super speedways and the next gen car. And then in 2023, I am begrudgingly throwing in Atlanta um into that to give us four races as a sample size there so we got the 500 we've got dega and then the two races at atlanta um so just everything that comes with that you know driver rating average uh finish total speed not really a thing that you really care too much about for super speedways but like you know laps led you know everything there um so those three chunks is what i'm kind of using to guide me okay yeah so i'd say pretty similar then right i mean it's it's, yeah. it's it's super speedway though right so it's like you can only do so many variations of, a, of like a data set so it's um, it's like looking for consistency um and that's going to be where i go with the first overall pick but but you have to lower your bar a little bit i mean you know on a typical race i think you're looking okay who's who's been in the top 10 i think you can drop it down to top 15 top 20 like who's able to avoid the chaos and finish the races um and if you know like looking at the top 10 in the last 10 races of Daytona, the 10th place driver has average finishes 17.3. Like you got to lower your bar a little bit. Right. Yeah. So that's, you can't be scared off by, by some of those double digit numbers. So um, that's, you know, something to consider as you're cruising through the numbers. All right. So let's kick this draft off. And then Phil, obviously, as we go through this, if you want to, as we draft guys, we'll, we'll spend a few minutes to kind of talk about it. Um, and if you have any bets that you want to give out, you know, I'm going to do the same. If I have any clicks um, as drafts come out, I'll talk about those as well. Um, but one-on-one, you're on the clock, son. And you get the Dominator pick first. So who are you going with? I, I get the Dominator pick. And I was a little uh, upset that I was the number one overall pick because according to your uh, your chart or your, your model, he, he was not the first guy. And I might have been able to get him maybe third if I was in Ian's spot. Uh, but I'm going with the model of consistency that is Ryan Blaney. Um, so I don't necessarily know. You know, he's 12 to 1 to win the race. I, I'd probably find myself throwing something down on Blaney because, you know, he typically goes off around 10 to 1. Um, but this to me is a no-brainer because if you're looking at the last 10 at Daytona, five races ago, you know, he was dog shit. That that furthest five races, really bad. And it just shows you, I love the drivers who learn from the past, has performed great in the last five races at Daytona. He won the summer race in the past. Um, but then I'm looking at, you know, since 2022, Super Speedways, Talladega and Daytona. He, he's just a monster. Um, 
on those super speedways, his average finish is 7.0. Third, that's first in NASCAR, by the way, but third place is 13.3, almost double what his number is. That is consistent as it comes. Um, so three top fives, he's six for six, finishing the top 15s. And on the 2023 stretch, those four races I mentioned, he's four for four finishing the top 10. That's the only driver in NASCAR that has that stat to uh, kind of hold up there. Um, and, you know, just going back, I mentioned how he's been getting better at Daytona, four straight top 15s. That includes three top 10s and a win. So this is somebody that has figured out the ability to be able to stay out of the chaos, be able to be up front, be able to stay up front. And maybe he doesn't necessarily get the win. Joking around in the past that he's been bridesmaid brain Blaney um, on these super speedways, but for this draft, I, I feel like I need my guy to be, be in the top fifteen. I need him there, and Blaney seems like knocking on wood, he's the guy out of all these dudes who um, I can rely on. So give me the twelve car. Yeah, no, I don't think there's gonna be any disagreement here from you or Ian. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, yeah, like it's he's third of my model, but like. I think he's the most, the one I trust the most of the top three in my model, just because, I mean, you called it out, right? He's just, he's super consistent. He seems like he always runs. If not in the top five, he's one of the top three cars. It seems like always he's one of the main pushers out there for Ford. Um, it's just, yeah, it just hasn't been able to, to put across the finish line, but like uh, Chris Worm, close your ears, but he's due, right? Like it, he's definitely due. Uh, and I would, I would not, uh, I, I would have probably done the same thing if I was in your position at the one-on-one. Ian, what you got? Uh, well, I, I know obviously we're we're doing the fans football thing, and um, you know that's our main focus. I, I did kind of want to get both of y'all's thoughts on well, first I guess Phil's thoughts because Chris and I went to the ring enough times together on Super Speedway to kind of know our philosophy. Um, but for you, Phil, here at Daytona this week, obviously you know the betting board's going to start at twelve to one. There are guys I think that anyone would argue down the board at thirty five, forty to one that have chances to win. Um, you know. Are you a guy that is willing to maybe go to the top of the board at these super speedways? Or are you more maybe of a conservative better where you where you're you'd rather just maybe take some shots down the board and if a favorite wins, you're willing to eat that? Um, so number one, are you willing to maybe take a favorite at a track like this, maybe at ten or twelve to one? Um, and I guess if so, I, I would assume Blaney would be your guy. Yes. Um, so yes and yes, Blaney is somebody who I will probably end up taking this week. He is somebody who I've taken in the past um, this year. And, uh, and I do like taking the shots down the board. Um, probably not necessarily as much as you guys. I actually really enjoy um, head to heads and top tens and such on yeah. super speedways. I, I find them to be, if nothing else, like super entertaining. Um, so I'll save some money for that for sure. But I was just talking with Seth on, on my podcast about like, I, I have no problem taking a unit and taking 10 drivers from 20 on back and just yep. spreading that around and just saying, Hey, like you said, if, if one of the favorites beats me, great. But if not, I've got my favorite 10 drivers from 20 on yep. back. And if any of them hit, I'm at least doubling. So, um, that's that's a mindset that I, I have going into it. I know you guys spend a lot of time talking about outrights, um, and this is a, a good track to be able to hit one of those outrights. Uh, but that's how I, you know, it's kind of pussyfooting in, you know, a little bit. The the guys towards the back, just a tenth of a unit on a bunch of guys. But, you know, it, it keeps me in the game. It's like yeah. a third of the field pretty much, uh, a yeah. quarter of the field. And, um, 
you're making money if they do hit. I, I mean, but I was going to say, I mean, I come into this from a different lens as you and Chris and that I, you know, I, I definitely like NASCAR and I like watching races, but you know, I'm, I, I kind of approached it from a casual standpoint and a casual point of view as more of a gambler first when we first started this endeavor and the concept of having like, like you said, eight, nine, 10 guys like greater than 20 to one and still being able to make double your money, triple your money back on an investment was really appealing to me. And I think if you do want to, if, if the goal of like this NASCAR community is to grow the sport as a whole and, and to gain exposure for your sport, like these super speedway betting boards, I think are the clearest way to do it because it's, it is just so compelling, even if it's maybe not the longest, the best long-term EV play um, for like a casual better. It, it, there's like nothing better than just watching the carnage over three hours and just hoping that you're, your random 35 to one long shot might makes his way through the field and has a chance to win um, at the end. So I, I very much echo that sentiment and I was, yeah, I mean, I was just yeah. curious. So yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't think necessarily as we're going to talk about some of these guys, long shot, right? 35 yeah. to one. There's some damn good drivers down mm. this list. Um, and so like you're used to looking at the board from a golf standpoint and, and probably really having to, to, you know, do some heavy research on guys at, you know, 40 to one as reasons why they're good that week. Um, I, I think the casual NASCAR fan who maybe doesn't bet yeah. usually could make a case for like, see, wow, X driver is, is 40 to one. Like, shit. Might as well. okay. yeah. yeah, might as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't want to talk about specific guys cause we'll probably get into them, but you know, that that's the, that's the beauty of this race. And, and I think I a hundred percent agree with you. Like if you're listening to this podcast, and you've got friends who aren't really into NASCAR. Like these are the races that get yeah. you into NASCAR. That's a fact. For sure. For sure. Obviously the, the Daytona backdrop and the narratives that are surrounding the playoffs uh, only further that. So um, yeah, I mean, I know Chris has been really successful at the Super Speedways, and that's absolutely the reason why um, I think I've gotten as much into NASCAR as I was just those initial experiences at these tracks. So Blaney off the board for you, Chris, you're sitting at the one Oh two plenty of time to research uh, here, although I don't think you need it. Um, but uh, yeah, blading off the board, but still obviously ton of compelling names here as your uh, QB one, your dominator. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got obviously the top three in the model that kind of separate themselves from everybody else, but there's, you know, other intriguing names that I think maybe have been better in 2023 than better than in 2022. So there's so many different angles to look at this, but I think for me, uh, and this is no secret, right? I think everybody's probably gonna be on the same notion, but Ford is just a difference maker at the super speedways this year uh, on Saturdays or in this case, Fridays, um, they're going to be the top of the speed charts. I think if you're not bidding a Ford for qualifying, you're silly. Um, so that'll probably be something that we'll be looking into. Um, but even as far as the race day, like the fours between, you know, well, I guess I shouldn't name names, but we've seen so many guys this year, absolutely just be dominant. Right. And this, we're drafting the dominant guy right now. So for me, it's going to be the 22 Pennzoil of Joey Logano. Um, I think that, you know, we've seen him so close, right? We've seen him, the, the race of McDowell won, him and him and Brad were up front racing for the lead and they wreck each other. Uh, we've seen him take down Atlanta this year, which was a big one for us. Um, you know, he's been, he's, he's constantly, if he's not the best car, he's always run up there in the top five. Penske seems to always run so well together. So, you know, having the Blaney Logano combo here at one and two, we might see them running one and two all day. Uh, they, they just tend to work so well together. It's, it's a it's a team notion for Ford to run well together. Um, yeah, I think 
I, I could have went of many different directions here, but I do think Joey is going to be my dominator pick. Also, I do want to throw like, I want to try to throw some narratives into some of these picks as well, just outside of the numbers, right? The narrative here for Joey is like, yeah, you're locked into the playoffs because you've, you've got your W or I think it's just one, right? Or one, I think it's just one. Um, but what else have you done? Right. So you, you need, you need more playoff points. You need, you need more stability going into the playoffs. You need more momentum. You need that, that team morale um, and what way to do it in the season finale at Daytona. So Joe Logano in the 22 is my dominator pick. Yeah. Um, I know I'm part of the reason for this, but we're 45 minutes in. So we'll, I'll, I'll try to keep these, these picks pretty quick. Um, I, I feel like I'm in a pretty tough spot because I think there's three clear picks and I obviously only have two. So someone good is going to fall to Chris um, at the 202. Uh, but I'm going to start my card, obviously, with the, the dominator pick like we all have. I'm going Denny Hamlin. Um, I mean, he is number one in Chris's model. Shout out to the, to the metrics. Uh, and shout out to my boy, Greg Galding, who was my neighbor back in North Carolina, uh, who proclaimed to me, uh, like, legit, well, maybe the second time I've ever met him, just talking about NASCAR just casually before I really was even involved in the sport. Um, he said Denny Hamlin was the best super speedway driver he'd ever seen. And uh, so this is a throwback to, to that conversation. Uh, Danny, obviously, I, I trust him the most. I feel like, um, I mean, I'm just going to spoil the party. I feel like him and Brad were the two I had really circled in terms of my dominator uh, picks. And I just feel like, Brad can sometimes get himself into trouble, and I feel like the bus potential is a bit higher with Kozlowski. Uh, he's a guy that can wreck out early, whereas I feel like Camlin is, is just good enough to to work his way through the field as the, as, as a, the race goes on. And I, I trust him a bit more to kind of finish the race, and uh, even if he doesn't get the win, um, to, to get a respectable enough finish to keep up with the two studs that, uh, that Phil and, that, uh, and Chris have. So that's my dominant pick. I'm starting with Eddie Hamlin. And then my second pick, um, I'm not picking Kozlowski. I'm actually going to go um, with Chase Elliott. 12 to 1 on the odds board. We know about all the narratives to win. Our boy Skybox has already put in, uh, by his own words, the biggest hour I bet he's ever made on Chase. And I feel like uh, because Chase is outside the playoff race, um, he actually makes a really good RB2. Is that correct, Chris? Because uh, he needs a, he needs a Oh, win. yeah. You're right. You're right. That was, that was kind phenomenal, of phenomenal bet or yeah. take. So that was kind of the tiebreaker for me was the fact that I got to fill one of those RB2 spots, uh, still have two top 16 drivers uh, to pick, uh, and I'm able to obviously fill with one of the favorites to win this race. So uh, chasing Denny at the turn is, is I think, a pretty good start for, for, the, for the squad. Yeah, I, uh, I like that a lot. I was sitting here trying to figure out who – you mentioned three guys of like who your dominator picks were going to be, and honestly, the fact that I didn't even put together like the fact that Chase could be an RB2 pick, so like – yeah, that's that's like what you'd call your 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 value, right? Your sleeper pick, the guy that's gonna slot slot in early here uh, in in a in a you know a lesser role for you because you still got your RB one wide receiver one coming. Um, the guy you left on the board though is is the guy that I really wanted, so I'm glad you did. Uh, but it is Brad Keselowski. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's any secret, right, that that Brad has has been a force on Super Studios this year. Um, uh, you cannot tell me by watching any of these super speedos this year. I think with the exception of oh god, there's one of them, Phil. I don't know if you can help me here. One of them that he did not, he was kind of like non-existent. Was it was it Talladega? I think it might have been Dega. Because uh, he was pretty good at both Atlantas and he was leading laps in Daytona. He led well, like to, laps in Daytona. I'm trying to finish in fifth, so maybe it wasn't Dega. I don't know. I don't know what there was one super speedo this year where he was just like not even a factor, but maybe he just charged up late or something. Uh, but other than that, right, the point still stands is is he has been 
in the top five, uh, pretty much every super speedway, um, that RFK team has not only figured out things at, at tracks other than the super speedways, right? They've seen to be a really good on the, on the short flats. Um, you know, we saw Busher dominate at, at the intermediates as well. Um, and the fact that the super speedway package is, is the end of the season here. They're both locked in nothing to lose can go out and just, just add more points to their playoff points. I think it's, it's huge for that team. Um, and Brad, man, it just feels, I think he's on the, on the current, like longest winless streak of, of like active drivers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute for Brad. So uh, it'd be cool to see him get in a victory lane. I think he's also going to qualify well, uh, which I know that doesn't really matter all that much, but again, like the Fords, they, they tend to qualify well and be up front. And I know Brad likes to, to get up there and stay up front. So um, yeah, if him and Busher can, can link together, I think they're going to be um, standouts all day long. So Brad Kozlowski in my RB1 slot because he is in the playoffs. So, yeah. And uh, the only race he didn't finish out, uh, didn't finish in the top 10 was the 500, but uh, he led a bunch of laps in that race. So, I mean, he was strong across the board um, in 2023, like you said. So, it was a good pick. Good pick by both of you guys. You're bringing the A game for sure. Putting my, uh, putting me in a bit of a pretzel here. Um, so my mindset is I, I feel like it's tough. I had a guy listed on my sheet here that I like for a top 10 this week. And uh, the top 10 odds are garbage. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them. Bet Rivers just released theirs. They're a little bit more reasonable. Um, and I'm nervous that if I don't take this guy now as an RB2, he's not going to be there uh, later. So I'm going to st- – Take Eric Jones right now. Uh, someone outside the playoffs is going to be my first RB two or you know my RB two slot. Jones, I like. Uh, he's plus one thirty for a top ten on uh, Caesars. He's plus one ninety five on Bet Rivers, and you know he stood out to me when I was looking into the the races within the last uh, two years, the, the six Super Speedway races. Uh, he's 10th in average finish. He's got three top 10. So it's 50% hit rate in that time span. But if you look at his driver rating in that time span, second in NASCAR. So he's up there doing the job, getting it done. Um, and just, I guess in some cases, not necessarily finishing really what he deserves. I mean, that's a pretty big discrepancy, 10th in average finish to compared to second in driver rating, but still bring it. Now I think the rebuttal, uh, I said this to Seth earlier would be, he sucks this year, but that's not necessarily the case. If you're looking at it, um, his average finish in the four races in the set here is 15.5. That's good enough to be 13th in NASCAR. He's got two top tens, three top 11s uh, in that time span. In Daytona, he finished 37th. So he wrecked out of Daytona. He didn't get a chance to, to really show where he really deserved to finish. Um, this is a driver that you look at the storylines, as Chris put it. Legacy. What is happening there? This is it for them. Like all eggs in this basket. You think they're going to put anything into the 42? No. Like this is it. So they have a driver who can get it done from his history as a, you know, super speedway racer. I like the, the 43 as a RB two here, Ryan Stevens on when the race has Jones as the number four driver on his model. So, um, I think this is a good pick and I didn't want to have a, a chance to miss out on him later. So I needed to snag him now. Don't know if he was on either of your radars, 
But uh, even if he wasn't, I'm, I'm still happy to have him on my team. You're on the right podcast for the Eric Jones hype. Uh, yeah. Chris, <laughs> Chris, has been on, Chris has been on this wagon for literally since we started the podcast. So uh, I guarantee he was on Chris's radar. Okay. All right. Yeah, he most definitely was. And I know that we talked about total speed not really mattering that much. But if you do want to look at total speed, he's fourth in next-gen era in, in total speed at the Super Speedways, second in 2023. Um, and then if you want to boil it down to driver rating and loop data, so, you know, bringing in more of like uh, lapsed lead and average position and, and pass differential and all those stats, uh, ninth in driver rate, driver rating in 2023 and sixth in at the uh, at the super speedways in the 2023 season uh, as far as loop data stats go. So, yes, most definitely a lot of things speaking Eric Jones's language, um, a guy that I'd, I'd most definitely considered um, for, from an outright perspective. I didn't quite make the click yet. I've got a few other guys clicked. Um, but uh, he's always a guy that I look at when it comes to super speedways. I guess the, the I do have like a devil's advocate for him though, from a narrative story though, is the fact that they are changing from Toyota to um, Chevy, right? Is that who we're going to next? From Chevy to Toyota. Oh yeah, sorry, backwards. Um, the the reverse narrative there is is like, are, are they being left out of the conversation as far as like from a team narrative standpoint, like does, does Chevy, are they going to be more poised? Like if you're looking at it from a, who do you want in? I feel like the main guy they're all going to want in is Chase Elliott. Second on the list is probably Alex Bowman. Third on the list is probably, I don't know. Who's another Chevy driver that we may want in maybe like an AJ Allmendinger, um, Daniel Suarez. Yeah. So I just don't know where in the pecking order, Eric Jones really falls as far as the guys that Chevy wants to get through. But then again, like, Eric Jones knows how to get to the finish line and, and that may not matter. <laughs> uh, he, he's going to be running up there. So it's not a choice of who Chevy wants. It's going to be of who Eric get behind him to push him to the finish line. I'll, I'll comment and just, you know, do the rebuttal on that as quick as I can here. I mean, I don't, I think we're giving like the manufacturers too much credit in, yeah. in that case. If this was Michigan, maybe uh, I would agree, but um, this is, too tough for them to be able to pull the puppet strings, I think all the way through the race. Um, and now we're talking about a team that has the funding right now for two cars. And one of the cars doesn't mean shit. So you're essentially putting all of your resources for a two car shop into this one thing. Like you're pulling the best guys in your garage onto this one team, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they made that move. Um, and it, really they had to have circled this one so this is it and if they don't yeah. get in the future of that franchise is in question so um i think this is a, a whether chevy gives a shit or not is is one thing but legacy this is everything <laughs> yeah that's a that's a great rebuttal so yeah i like that <laughs> all right well i'll move us along and i i guess i'm just scared uh, that I'm going to lose out on some of these guys down the, the board here. So I'm going to take my R, R or uh, wide receiver to uh, another driver outside the playoff picture right now, clamoring to get in. And this is somebody who just mentioned Chris, AJ Allmendinger. Um, so I like AJ for a top 10 this week as well. He's plus 140 on Caesars, plus 210 on Bet Rivers. Um, and AJ, you know, I think. I was way disappointed in him coming out of Indy. 
thought that he was a broken man. He proved me wrong. Um, last week, I thought what we saw out of him last week was kind of vintage AJ at Watkins Glen. It's really good to see. And um, when we think of AJ, what do we think of? Road courses and super speedways. I mean, it's like, you know, steak and potatoes. So this is uh, a race that I think is definitely within his grasp. Colleague, another team that is just strange to think about. Um, but just looking at AJ, he's got two starts at Daytona in the last five years. And um, he's got some good finishes at this racetrack, sixth and third. So earlier this year, it was a sixth place finish, but that average for all the math whizzes out there, it's 4.5. It's a very small <laughs> sample size. Uh, but, you know, that we talked about consistency in two races. He was able to get it done uh, more recently. Um, finished 29th in Talladega earlier this year in the spring. So maybe it's just a fact that, you know, AJ likes Daytona a little bit better. He finished third at Atlanta in the second race. Uh, he had a top five last week in, in an what was a must-win situation. Now we're in another must-win situation where he's going into a, a super speedway that he clearly likes better than Talladega. If this was Talladega swapped, I don't know if I take this pick. I don't know if I take that bet for a top 10, but AJ, uh, looking down the list of guys that aren't in, I love the motivation that he has. I love his skill set, um, and I love it at this track. So three things here that uh, give me the, the wide receiver two pick. I have to ask, uh, Phil, did you uh, did you have that uh, calculation prepped in your notes? Or did you just do it off the cuff? <laughs> the four point five six plus three to no, dude, my dad. My, that my, was my... Cuff. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Chris. So this is this is honestly, I think this is this might be one of my favorite picks so far that, that Phil just made. Um, so one of the things that I like to do every week, right, is, is take my model, compare it against the odds board, see where the biggest discrepancy is. AJ Allmendinger is number one in the value chart this week, 15th uh, in my model, 28th on the odds board uh, at a price of 40 to one. Um, it's a guy that I haven't clicked yet, but is, is a very prime contender of, of garnering that click for me uh, this week. So, yeah, a lot of praise for AJ Allmendinger this week as well for my end. Also, not to mention, like, the colleague super speedway package like i know we've seen it be dominant so so for so long xfinity but it's only a matter of time before like they figure it out for cup it feels like um so yeah i like this one a lot um all right let me move on here to my pick i was really scared and i think ian was also really scared when uh phil said need to grab a guy further down the board that feels like a real threat yeah um and you didn't pick the guy that i i I liked the dinger pick but there's another guy that i really really wanted um and I'm sticking to the Ford camp and it's Eric Almarola uh, in the 10 car. Hmm. Um, Eric, I know you, I, I saw some wows there from Ian's face. I also thought that's what Ian was after, but yeah. So Eric, listen, I, another guy that, so we just talked about AJ that we like on road course and super speedways. I think Eric's got, we like on short flats and super speedways. Let's not forget that Eric has shown a ton of speed this year on the super speedways. She's just had some really unfortunate luck to not get the finishes, but very much has been running up front. Has had the speed in those cars. Um, you know, he's won on super speed as before. I, I, I think it's Talladega that he's got the win at not Daytona. Um, but yeah, I, I just outside of the, outside of the data, other than his, you know, he's first in qualifying in the 2023 era at super speedways seventh in the next gen era. He's second in drive rate at super speedways this year. Um, but I just think from a 
from a team standpoint, right? SHR, other than Kevin Harvick, this is another race that I feel like they had to be circling for a guy that excels at this at this track type. Um, I think there's a lot of motivation to get that 10 car across the finish line, not to mention back to the narrative speak, right? It really sounds like Eric's out next year, like retiring. He's done. What a way to end your final season by capping with a Daytona regular season uh, finale of victory to get yourself, fault yourself in the playoffs for your, for your final season, make one last run of the cup. Um, so yeah, Eric Almarola, I'm going to slide into my RB two slots uh, and I'm going to forego the wide receiver one for right now and get somebody further down the board. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are, are being pretty savvy here. Obviously <laughs> I think we all recognize that, uh, you know, there's, there's still plenty of marquee names to have in our RB one and wide receiver, wide receiver one spot. So we're trying to, Look down the board of some sleepers and some guys that aren't in the playoffs yet to kind of fill the back end of our roster. Um, so, yeah, making it tougher on me than I expected. I didn't expect to have this few choices uh, for my wide receiver two spot at this point in the draft. But I'm going to go ahead and, and make the move on my final guy outside the top 16. Uh, the guy I thought Chris was going to pick. Uh, he looks like he's going all on Ford. I was targeting Ford as well. I'm going with Austin Cedric. Uh, I'm pretty petrified that I started the, the draft with a Toyota and a Chevy, um, given the four domination on uh, super speedways as of late. Um, but able to get the third of three Penske drivers here in the third round, uh, I think that's really, really solid. He's eight, 20 to 1 on outright odds boards. Obviously, won at Daytona um, just uh, just last year for the 500. So, again, I feel like Cedric maybe comes with, obviously, a, a lot lower of a floor compared to his teammates in Blaney and Logano. Um, but he's proven that, <clears throat> obviously – you know, Ford has proven that they can kind of carry uh, the load for him by kind of proxy. And if, if he does end up um, in the mix down the stretch, he is the guy in that Penske camp that needs to win the most, obviously not in the playoffs yet. So uh, he's proven that he can steal one down the stretch uh, in front of his teammates. And um, if Ford is as strong as, as, you know, we've been seeing over the last year, I do want a, a Penske Ford in that camp. So I'm, I'm glad to get Cindric at the uh, 303. And then it's time to uh, finally unleash an, an RB1 or a wide receiver one as I'm done with my two um, my two, two spots. And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Kyle Bush as my uh, as my RB1. Uh, you know, obviously storied super speedway career, but obviously in the Daytona race this uh, fall probably should have closed the deal, at least should have um, you know, it was him and Austin Dillon in the driver's seat with about three to go. Caution comes out and then all hell breaks loose on the final few restarts. And he ends up, um, you know, coming inside the top five, but not being able to get to close the deal. But RCR storied uh, super sweet track record. And obviously Kyle Busch is, is the uh, he's the cornerstone for that team. So um, obviously taking a bit of a risk, not still going away from forward a bit more than the other two guys. But uh, I'm happy with Kyle Busch kind of uh, starting my team at the RB1. I like that pick. He was on my radar. I was not sure if I should take AJ or uh, Kyle and kind of feeling like I maybe should have taken Kyle because I don't know if you guys would have jumped on AJ. So, uh, yeah, really good pick. I mean, to get the guy who won Talladega is pretty big. Yeah, I forgot to go on Talladega. <laughs> but thanks for that. And, and, and should have won Daytona 500, honestly. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he was the leader after the 500 miles, technically. So, it wasn't for overtime. Um, so, yeah, great pick there so all right um what do i want to do didn't have a lot of time to think here i think all right so i've done a pretty poor job of also talking about my bets throughout this um so this is either gonna go really bad for me or really good for me because so far everyone i've drafted or not everyone i've drafted but all of the bets that i currently have placed um i think 
yeah, all the bets I've currently placed are also clicks that I've made. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, stay on that. But um, yeah, I already have clicked Brad Kozlowski at 14 to one. I've already clicked Eric Almirola at 25 to one. And now to go ahead and fill my wide receiver two spot, uh, the third outright that I have is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at 30 to one. Um, now, Ricky, right? The 2500 winner this year um, ranks 12th in my model this week. He's fourth from the value perspective when I compare the odds board to the um, uh, to the model comparatively. Um, but Ricky, man, he continues to show out in like the data sets, right? Like if you're looking at total speed, driver rating, loop data, whatever it is, like legitimately ranks top five in all of those categories. Second in total speed in the next gen era, fourth in total speed in the 2023 era, sixth in drive rating, third in loop data, and then sixth in drive rating just at Daytona uh, in the last three years there. Um, so Daytona, I think, is Ricky's favorite of all the super speedways. Obviously now is the most recent victor at Daytona. Um, you know, they're already locked in the playoffs, so nothing to lose. But, you know, also no pressure, right? You can look at that two different ways. They're already, they have no stress, but to just go out there and race, it doesn't matter if they wreck, doesn't matter if they win, wrecks or checkers. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in that 47, probably the ugliest scheme out there, but he's going to put it in victory lane. What does he got this week? Does he have the mac and cheese scheme, the Velveeta one? Or I actually don't know. I'm just going to just go ahead and say it's the ugliest because it always is. So, <laughs> hey, the, With, uh, no. the when he had the country croc, you guys revived when the country croc when he had it. Oh, yeah, the Darlington oh. one was good. Yeah, that was good. They just, I don't know who I need to contact at, uh, JTG Doherty or Kroger or whoever is actually doing the schemes for them. But why is the hood never matched the car? I don't understand. <laughs> it makes no sense. All right. It. I'm off my soapbox for, for paint jobs here. But uh, yeah. So Ricky Senosh Jr. also is my 402, my wide receiver two, and also on the outright card at 30 to one. So Phil, back to yep. you for two straight picks. Sorry. That's a, that's a big vote of confidence. And I'm cutting Phil off for the empty time, but that's a big vote of confidence for our listeners for, uh, those that need the extra push to get Stenhouse over the line of 30 to one. If Chris like hates the paint scheme and still bets him at 30 to one, that's when we know he's, he's dialed in to a, uh, to a uh, value he found. Just to be clear. Uh, he's your wide receiver one, correct? He's in the, he's Oh in the yeah, you're right. I keep messing this up. Yep. He is. Thank you, Phil. Thank yeah, you. Staying on top of the odds. Staying on top of here. here huh? <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> he, he's, and he's the commission of our home league. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> We need to hire you in as a, as a fucking attorney. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I'm in a tough spot here um, because I'm, you know, I really thought I was going to get Kyle. I don't know why that was a, a fool's errand on my part, uh, but I, I'm left with two guys that are currently in the playoffs. I could go a number of different ways. I, I feel like my point of just trying to be consistent earlier is is tough to come by now um so there's a lot of big names but guys that you know are, are just not necessarily as consistent uh as you would like so tough situation to be in i'm gonna go with chris busher as my pick here uh i guess it'd be rb1 uh busher he led the most laps at daytona earlier this year he him and Brad, I mean, they, for the last few Daytona 500s, uh, seem like they're up front and just couldn't close it out. Um, I remember like the 2021 Daytona 500, like having something on Busher and him hitting the wall late uh, after running really well. But 
Busher, I think, is someone that has a big weight off his shoulders. He can run this race, you know, stress-free. That could work out against me, I guess you could argue. But uh, for the most part, when you got a driver who is significantly uh, skilled at super speedways, as you would say, Busher kind of is, then that's a good thing. And um, at Daytona, as far as consistency standpoint, four top fives in his last 10 races, five for 10. So 50% hit rate for a top 10. Uh, he's seven for 10, finishing in the top 20. Um, so that's you know pretty consistent as far as Daytona goes. And then uh, this season on the, the uh, four quote-unquote super speedways, it's including the Atlanta races, uh, he's up there as well. Uh, you know, fourteen point three average finish. His first Atlanta race, he finished thirty fifth. Okay, not great, but um, we've got a fourth, a third, and a fifteenth otherwise. So you know, third place at at Talladega, fourth place at Daytona. Good numbers, as you know, someone who is getting him late in this draft here. So I'm happy with Busher, I guess. Uh, kind of convincing myself into it, but I think he'll be up front. I think he'll be leading laps. Leading laps is not going to get us points in this uh, game here. We need finishes, but, you know, a third and a fourth so far this season on those two tracks, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I like that as well. And he was actually sixth in my model. So uh, for a team that, you know, I took Brad as my RB1, but, you know, Chris Buescher as your as, – oh, I guess also your RB1. Um, but literally, like I said earlier, I expect them to be running together. Like they seem to like – they seem to know how to find each other at these, at these types of races. So, um, to get a guy basically probably, you know, maybe not the, as, as elite of a super speed racer as Brad, but is going to be running up there with Brad and get him what 10 picks later is, is pretty incredible value. So yeah, agreed on that front. I really, I, I'm actually kind of regretting my Kyle Bush pick to be honest with you, because I, I thought Busher would make it back with the big names at the top of the odds board. And I kind of wanted that second Ford, uh, bullet in the chamber, uh, alongside my Cedric bet. Um, and now it looks like I'm going to be left with basically just one Ford. So if, um, if <laughs> trends continue how they have been at super speedways, I feel like, uh, I'm a bit behind the eight ball having mostly Chevys and Toyotas on my team, but we'll lean into it. Uh, but yeah, Bush was definitely on my, on my radar for the next pick. Yeah. Um, so now I got to go again and I'm, I don't know if you guys are feeling this way as well, but like, you know, I'm looking at the win the race rankings. I'm looking at you know, all the different sets and like average finish driver rating within the different um, ways to slice this up. And it's just, they're not computing. Like things aren't working out uh, for, for guys this, this deep in the draft. I'm just not seeing the, the obvious pick. We have big names out here that I want to take based on some rankings, but I'm not seeing the results uh, as far as like the finishing uh, spots here. So um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know whether to just take a swing on a big name and just say, fuck it, or uh, try to think a little bit more through. And uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to land here with Michael McDowell um, just because, you know, we, we've got that forward aspect to it. He's won at Daytona in the past. There was a time where like he would just walk into Daytona and just become a different person. Um, and that includes the Daytona road course. Like there was a stretch, uh, that has kind of faded since he won the 500. But again, this is another driver who is racing this week, pretty free, you know, no monkey on his shoulders, nothing to worry about. And, um, his 
statistics, I mean, if you want to bet, you take him over Harrison Burton head to head. You know, I know you guys aren't big head to head prop guys, but this is a fucking lock. Um, parlay this with, you know, Vandy against Hawaii and, and <laughs> you got yourself a, a goddamn deal. Um, last 10 races, he's got one win, two top fives, three top tens at Daytona, six for 10, finishing the top 15 at Daytona. Um, and the last five years, you know, two races he's had at least, um, you know, looking at his pattern. All right. Every year they race Daytona twice. He's finished inside the top 15 every year. And in the 500 this year, he finished 28th. So if that pattern were to continue, he would be in the top 15. And that gets me a, a decent finish here for our game here um, for the fantasy draft. So um, super speedway races, he's got three of six top 10 races in the last uh, six since 2022 started. Average finish of 18.8. Not great. It's not world beating, but uh, I think it's an okay pick. You know, and, and post-mortem here, we could talk about some of the other guys I was thinking of. If you guys call them out, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But as far as this head-to-head against Burton, it's it's not even close, guys. Like, yeah, sometimes what I, I, What's that? What are the odds on? I'm sorry. He's minus 125 on Caesars. Um, and sometimes I know you guys, you're hunting for flags, and I get that. But when you're looking at head-to-heads, it's about who to fade sometimes on these super speedways. And Harrison Burton is that guy. Did you ever see The Water Boy, uh, the movie The Water Boy, where the kicker's like looking, they're doing an onside kick, and he's going down the line. He's like, oh, yeah, there's my <laughs> bitch. Uh, and he kicks it at that guy who's like, you know, fumbling. Um, that's Harrison Burton this week, boys. Like, he, he's that's a, Harrison Burton every week, Bill. He's a dog. Yeah, I know. But his numbers on super speedways are exceptionally bad exceptionally bad um so and as i said to seth there will be a moment in this race if you take this bet where you're going to be like fuck you phil like this is a joke because he's going to be leading the race and it will not sustain it's not sustainable it's a house of cards that 21 team this is not the 21 team with blaney this isn't even the 21 team with trevor bain okay this is you forgot you forgot one name you forgot one name there who who am i missing oh no (laughs) Phil never invited back on flag hunting. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I know I'm leaving out. I skipped over Matty D. I understand that. Um, <laughs> that was just to rally up. But I mean, you know, the the 21 car has just always been yeah that good, and they are nothing with this dude. So um, I, I hate hating on him because I think he's a really good kid. But uh, hey, McDowell over him is the play. So I'm taking McDowell in the, the game, and I'm taking McDowell over Burton. And to your to your point, like I think you hit on that fantastically. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna find him himself with the Penske boys at some point, whether it's whether he's in line with them or whether he's behind them. But he's gonna find them. They always seem to find each other. But I can remember vividly. I, I think it was Daytona of last year. I think it was his first ever race in the Cup season where he was running really well. I think he was leading the, the pack for those guys. And then next thing you know, he's on his roof. Um, so yeah, like, I know, I know <laughs> we had a hundred and one ticket on him too, Chris. Yeah, we, we did do that. We did. Have that. That. Uh, that was just the, that was like the, that was like the, basically just wishing that Matty D was still in that car. It was the only reason we placed yeah. that, but, exactly. um, all right. So back to me and the only position I have left is my wide receiver one slot, I believe. No, not wide receiver one. Sorry. Running back two. Water receiver two. Jim, I'm going to hit it one of these times. Water receiver two slots. Um, so I'm going to draft somebody outside the playoffs currently. Um, and I've got two guys in mind. 
Um, but I think I'm just going to stick to the guns here, which means that Saturday is either going to be really fun for me or really detrimental for me because uh, I'm sticking to the outrights that I have placed. Uh, and it was, you know, a year and a half ago to this day where I proclaimed this guy as being the next big thing at super speedways and that really hasn't panned out and uh now he's heading to rick Ware. so i don't know what's going to happen there but justin haley at a price of 66 to 1 is on our outright tickets this week he is a long shot um but he's also going to be filling out my team here as in the wide receiver two slot i mean some very similar points to to what phil said with the narrative slot for for colleague right i think this is a this is a spot that you know that they they've circled, especially for Justin because you know AJ at least has the road courses to lean on. Justin's primary strength is the super speedways. We've seen him even as currently as Atlanta, right? He dropped down to Xfinity and was very much in contention to win that race. Now he also really fucked Daniel Hamrick, but you know we're not gonna talk about that. Um, but you know, Justin is a guy that I, I just seem to always gravitate towards uh, when we get to these style of races. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but a year ago today, uh, we also had him on our card and I was grinning on our live telecast in, in Lancaster as Justin Haley was leading the charge until the rain came. Uh, and Justin was the first one to slip and slide into the wall uh, because of the rain. So who's to say that a year ago, you know, he couldn't have put it, put in victory lane then as well. But yeah, Justin Haley uh, in the 31 car is going to be the last, uh, the wide receiver two spot for me. Yeah, uh, that was that was the most beautiful thing of all time. If you've listened to flag hunting for any amount of time at these tracks, um, as soon as I saw Justin Haley six six to one, uh, I went ahead and just clicked it because it was a foreground collusion. <laughs> we were gonna pet, uh, but yeah, I mean Haley, I feel like has, has brought us down to the wire a few times at, at pretty inflated odds. So I was surprised to see him. I feel like the overarching theme of this odds board, at least on Bovada, has been like, wow, there's like the bottom just completely cut out the 40, 50 to one range. You know, usually we get like some drift on maybe McDowell or a LaJoy or an Austin Dillon or an Eric Jones at like 40 to one, but they're all like 30, 33 to one on this current odds board. Uh, and Haley was the only guy that really stuck on to me as a guy that was like, okay, yeah, 66 to one. He, he's, he's got better than a two times or better than a half, one half chance to beat like a guy like Briscoe or LaJoy or McDowell, et cetera. So, um, yeah. All right. Let, that's um, that's Chris's fifth round pick, which brings me to the turn and my final two picks. Uh, I still have my uh, wide receiver one to pick a guy inside the top 16 uh, in the current standings. I, I did want Busher, so uh, shout outs to, to Phil for that one. Uh, made me scramble a little bit down the stretch here. Um, I'm between two guys. One guy I think makes more sense, but I don't like him. One guy makes absolutely no sense, but he's my favorite driver. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson at 16 to one um, as my wide receiver one. I understand not a great, I mean, like I understand basically the entire narrative in NASCAR is like this guy can't race on super speedways and like, he's just like, he's just wasted money on these type of tracks, which look, the results, she is not pretty. I'll give you that, but there's kind of a, I, there's a reason why books, will refuse to give us an odds break or a price break on this guy. And I think it's because like, yeah, sometimes the finishes aren't great, but he puts himself in position more times than you would think. And I think Kyle Larson, he was like, he was on the front row of the restart in Daytona. He was, I think second place. He was uh, second place to Eric Jones at Talladega last year when Ross Chastain jumped both of them to win. Like, don't be surprised. Like Kyle certainly doesn't have the same floor as Logano, Blaney, 
uh, a Hamlin, et cetera. But don't be surprised when the final restart comes to Daytona and Kyle Larson's running in a row one uh, with a chance to win the Daytona 500. Him very much, in, in my opinion, like Legato, is kind of searching for a bit of momentum heading into the playoffs. I kind of already uh, made my Hendrick bet, my Chevrolet bet with uh, Chase and Kyle Busch. So I'm going to go and continue on that. And uh, maybe the five can push the nine to victory lane and push me to victory uh, in this particular uh, format. So that's that again, it's a bit of a homer pick. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Chris and Phil have plenty of, uh, of numbers to uh, to retort that with. But, uh, yeah, that's that's who I'm going with. Um, I wish I was wearing my collar snap right now, but it's in the other room. So I've been from walking over there uh, mid-podcast. But, yeah, Kyle Larson, my guy, and I can't pass. I wanted the 503. Come on. So brings us to the 601, uh, which is our wild card pick uh, for all three of us, the tight end. Uh, anyone left on the board, which is tempting. I think there's some really actually solid names left on the board. Uh, but the minute I got the third pick in the first round, which means I got, oh, well. <laughs> well, Chris Chris filled in my 601. That's incorrect. Um, he put Greg Golding. Shout out to Boy Boy Gray. I do love you. But uh, you're not a better super speed driver than Austin Hill, who is my actual 601. Uh, once I saw Xfinity was included, I figured like there's not a bigger edge in this entire format than having Austin Hill as your Xfinity driver wild card at the final pick. And so, I mean, I don't see any Xfinity odds up as of now, but I would assume he's somewhere in the ridiculous range of like two and a half, three to one. The dude just is in another on another level in Xfinity. Like the dude, he just drives through fields on super super speedways with no help. He's just pure speed and ability. Um, I can't wait until he eventually gets like an RCR ride or something like that to actually have the equipment to maybe make a run at a cup race at Daytona or Talladega. But for now, um, yeah, he's, he's, he is what he is to see what AJ Allmendinger is, was for so long uh, on road courses in that series. And, um, yeah, this was my, this is my ride in from, again, the time that the wheel, uh, landed on Chris for the, for the one Oh two. So, uh, Larson and Hill as my turn. And that's the final thing you'll hear from me all episode. And I'm going to call out, I know you said it, but he is running the cup race too. So this is the Austin Hill Xfinity entry, not the cup entry. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that was kind of the idea, right? As including, in, bringing some Xfinity guys in here was to include guys like, you know, Austin Hill or, I mean, I don't even know who else in the Xfinity series is really good at, at the, the 10, I put the 10 colleague car in oh, here yeah. just because, right? Like whoever runs that is probably going to be, is probably going to be good. Yeah. Um, but um, like the, the Sieg brothers always seem to kind of run well at Daytona. That's kind of a real deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyways, that brings me to six Oh two, my last pick, my tight end, my wild card. Um, I am not going to take the expander out because I feel like we have some ex- phenomenal names still on the board. Honestly, I'm kind of thinking we might've could have done another round here just because we've got Bubba. We got Bowman. We got Byron. Truex, Bell, Austin Dillon, a lot of, lot of quality names still on the board. Um, so for me, I, I think you can go about this a few different ways, but I think I'm going to go with Bubba. Um, and the reason I'm going to do that is, I mean, obviously, right. He's, he's run super, super well at the uh, super speedways. I think other, you know, prior to this year, it was his, best track type but now all of a sudden he's like a force at like kansas michigan vegas um so uh but yeah fourth and average finish at daytona over the last three years third and average finish over his career at daytona 
Um, also this year in 2023, eighth and ninth in loop data and driver rating. Um, so obviously those are all there, but even just from the narrative standpoint, right? I actually listened to Denny's podcast today and it made me, I, I, I mean, it makes sense why Denny said this, but like it almost like, I, I feel like Denny's going to get some pushback for saying what he did, but his co-host, I think Jared is his name, asked him like, all right, Daniel, so here's the question, you know, final lap, you're in row two and the front row is the 54 and the 23. Both need to get me to win to get in the playoffs. Who are you pushing? And without hesitation, Denny said the 23. And I was like, and you could see, you could tell that he kind of started to backtrack, like realizing like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have like answered that so quickly. So like he, he started to talk about like, oh Ty, you know, don't get me wrong. Like Ty's having a great rookie season and I think that's being overlooked and I think he deserves to be in the playoffs. He's like, but at the end of the day, I'm an owner and I've got more stake in 2311 and I've got more stake in getting, making sure Bubba gets into the playoffs. If Ty wins, Bubba's out, Bubba's on the cut line. So I think Bubba has every motivation he's got people behind him in the toyota camp that need to get him across the finish line as well um so i i think this is a, a somebody i don't want to leave not sitting on the board um this late in the draft uh, i do have a lot of trust in that 23 team so bubble walls for my tight end slot yeah i mean that's a a good pick i, I was contemplating bubba I, I i like bubba uh a couple different ways this week as well um talk about guys to fade he's going up against tyler reddick minus 120 i really like him over reddick um you know and to kind of defend denny there i mean we don't have to look very far for examples uh we have to go back to like the darkest day in the sport of the nascar um dale senior was blocking so his cars could win you know he didn't care about winning himself for the team that he was racing for he was blocking for his cars because he was an owner um, so I don't think anybody could give Denny shit for that um, at all. So it's just kind of natural. Um, I'm, I could go a number of different ways here, guys. Uh, one of the drivers I was referring to earlier who's like ranked high is like Truex, but I'm not seeing dog shit for Truex as far as finishes. Um, where my mind is going right now is you, you mentioned that 10 car. You know who's driving the 10 car this week in Xfinity? It's Kyle Busch. And, um, you know, he's got some, is that, is that confirmed? It, it's listed on the chart that I'm looking at. Um, so Bob called, I think Bob called out that he was listed there, but he thinks it's just a holdover from last week. Um, so I, that's why I put TBD here is cause it seemed like it was still kind of TBD to, to be determined, but, um, well, I can I can write in the ten car for you, and we can hope it's Kyle Busch. But I just want to make sure no, you know that before you confirm. I don't want it. So I wasn't. Let me see the entry. Oh shoot! Let me uh, go back a second. Um, I was just kind of talking it out a little bit. Um, the yeah, I mean he's listed on NASCAR as the ten car, um, but unless you're saying that's the that's the holdover um so so bob sweet says like he listed all out on the entry list and then he puts a parentheses 10 of bush 19 of gibbs listed as they raced last week but i expect tbd on who will actually be in those cars mm, and that was okay. yesterday so what are the alternatives though i feel like the alternative is even better if, if it's Haley in the 10 then like that's even a better pick i feel like maybe cal bush i think also dylan could also be in the mix so i don't know if that changes your opinion or not but i think yeah well, 
to be safe. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned how Hill was racing in both. Cause I was going to, at the last pick of the draft, I was going <laughs> to swindle you guys and try to take Gibbs uh, and just say like, I don't know whoever, whichever race he finishes better is my, <laughs> is my thing. But you called out Hill as uh, driving in both. So um, yeah, I- I'm going to go on a guy who on the rankings that I'm looking at, just he's low and I don't necessarily love taking a Toyota. Um, but you just did Chris and this driver is, uh, Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell is someone that I don't necessarily, you know, see myself going all in on, you know, looking at the last six races on super speedways is average finish is 20.0, uh, driver ratings like mid seventies, like not great, but started off the year Daytona Dega. And then the summer race last year, Daytona, um, just bad, bad finishes, but these sort of rebounded Talladega last, uh, fall 17th finished third at Daytona this year and eighth at Talladega, uh, in the springtime. So maybe starting to turn around a little bit as we see, you know, Toyota trying to rally the troops and get things going. Um, looking at the, the four races that include Atlanta, he's got three top 10 finishes, uh, of the four races this season and you know just a a really good situation there for him driver ratings up there uh with you know fourth place i think uh actually no he's fourth in average finish his driver rating uh falls to about ninth so he's in the ballpark and not somebody that i'm in love with um but you know looking at the alternatives here you know do you go justin allgaier in the xfinity series I don't know. Do we go with Kyle Busch? Do we assume he's in there? The question marks around that scare me off. Um, Austin Dillon, you know, I think he's too inconsistent um, even this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with somebody where I'm just grasping at consistency, and, and we're starting to see a little bit of that with Christopher Bell. So he'll round out the, the fantasy draft. All right. Well, we have some big name drivers here that are left off. I highlighted one in pink because I think it's, I can't believe nobody picked him, but the 24 team and William Byron still on the board, Martin Truex, uh, Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, Ty Gibbs, you know, Corey LaJoy at, you know, at the uh, super speedways. So I guess I already kind of highlighted which one I think is the biggest uh, honorable mention, but what about for you guys? Is there anybody else that stands out as like, wow, I'm surprised we didn't draft them. Uh, Definitely Bowman. Definitely, as as like a as a guy outside the playoff race, I thought he would be maybe the second or third guy off the board. Obviously, when I picked Cindric, he was my kind of fallback plan if I didn't get Cindric. Uh, you know, obviously he's eighteen and one on current odds boards. He's uh, qualified historically really well at these super speedways, particularly Daytona. Was on the pole uh, here this past spring and or yeah, whatever spring or winter. Um, and yeah, I mean he's he's just a big name driver on a big name team, and I I, I feel like. I'm maybe more of this school of thought than Chris is, but I feel like if you can kind of put together a card of like the least um, or the, the best price driver from like a team you're bullish on, like for example, betting like the, the late, the least price Penske driver paid off for us at, at Daytona in, in 2022 being that Penske dominated the race and Cindric was, was able to obviously uh, Wally Pip Blaney at the end. I think the same, arguments can be made for maybe Hendrick, right? With, uh, you know, if, if Chevy and Hendrick do 
control this race in the same way we've seen Penske do in the past and JGR do in the past. Um, you know, Bowman's a guy that can certainly sneak in there and win. And um, that's why I, I, I always kind of keep for guys like C bell as well. You know, at 25 to one, I was happy that that bill ended up on Christopher bell because I feel like JGR has a lot of really talented uh, road course or I'm sorry, super speed racers uh, Toyota in general has Bubba Wallace as well. So if Toyota is able to control this race, we've seen guys like Truex and bell last until the later stages of this race. And that's really what you're looking for at the, at the end of the day is just a chance to, uh, to be there at the end, you know, we know it's going to come down to the last 10, 15 laps. And um, if you can kind of ride the coattails of, of your teammates uh, in front of you, you can certainly ne- negotiate a, a solid finish. So um, yeah, Bowman was definitely the guy that stuck out to me is as particularly for where he is in the standings. I felt like being a driver outside the top 16 uh, gave him a bit more merit than uh, a guy like Byron who has to contend with the likes of Logano and Blaney and Hamlin, et cetera. So. I, I agree wholeheartedly that Bowman is a bigger miss than, than Byron um, for, for all those reasons you just said about Bowman Byron, he's got the name, but he's one of those guys that just doesn't have the, the, you know, stats enough for me to take him. He's got one top 10 in the last six super speedway racers races uh, and three finishes outside the top 30. So I, I don't like that. That doesn't jive with me, especially for this type of deal. Um, he could finish, you know, 16th, but, but I think, it's kind of feast or famine um, and we need guys in our, you know, rosters here that can get it done. And, and Bowman has shown that um, that was a big miss. I, I kind of feel like I, I should have taken him at, at some point, maybe over, you know, the Jones or the, the uh, AJ for the, the two spots, because he's got four finishes in the top 15 in the last five super speedway races for him. And so that's the consistency that you're looking for. And so for betting purposes, uh, I think you got to be looking at top tens for him um, and, you know, longer, longer outrights. So, yeah, Bowman was the biggest miss, in my opinion. All right. So just for the listeners, since they don't get the visual here, let's run through everyone's team. So Phil is running with. Also, I just like to kind of picture these guys like an actual football roles for just just a second. Yeah, I think like it's kind of funny, right? Photoshop. So like we got we got Ryan Blaney at QB one, but you know taking the snaps here. Uh, then we're, Phil's rolling out Eric Jones and uh, so Eric Jones and who's your other running back? Uh, Chris Busher as your two running backs. Um, I like the thunder lightning combo. I think Busher can get the hard yards inside, <laughs> and, and Eric Jones is maybe on the outside, more of a Shane Marine sort of role. Kind of game <laughs> You know, catching passes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then we got Dinger and McDowell at the wide receiver slot. So you got the old guys out, out <laughs> wide. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. We might, yeah, we might just be running the ball. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cross routes for that receiving core. Not a lot of downfield opportunities for Blaney. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't like then, uh, AJ going up against any D backs. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then Christopher Bell in the tight end slot. So real small guy in the tight end <laughs> slot there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe running more slot routes there. Oh. My team is short, short kings <laughs> on my team. That's fine. Um, so I have rolling out Joey Logano at QB one spot. So I got the height at least. Um, my running backs I got Brad, and I've got Almarola. Running back. Oh yeah, there it is Almarola. Oof, yeah. I don't know if I like that. Uh, the wide receivers. We are looking at uh, man. I'm struggling to find things. Stenhouse Haley. and Haley. 
I wow, feel like Stenhouse is better. Smith. Yeah, I feel like Stenhouse is better as a running back. I feel like he's a he's a grinder. I, I don't know how he's going to do on the outside. Like I don't know. Stenhouse, I think sneaky athlete though. I think sneaky, sneaky athlete. athlete. Okay, for sure. More than I do. So, Bubba's a tight end though. Kind of loving that. Yeah, that's my tight, tight end. end. My tight that's end might be end. a bit more. A bit more actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're. Yeah. Austin yeah. Hill tight Austin end. I'll take so the end too, two ways. And then Ian's rolling out. Denny is QB, which I kind of like that, right? That analytical that. brain right there oh, at QB. Yeah. That looks, that's that, gonna... The the poster boy of the franchise. You know, he like I think he likes to have his face on on like the, the flyers and the, the posters. So he's the face of the franchise. I like that. Chase and Kyle Bush is my running backs. I mean, I don't know about Kyle's athleticism at age 37, <laughs> but I I think Chase could give me some hard yards. Uh definitely for sure. And then I've got uh who's my receivers? Oh, Kyle Larson. Yeah, that's actually and Cedric got the height too. You got the oh, height. Yeah. Larson, little slot machine. I mean, like Larson's like Wes Welker, like the Asian Wes Welker. He can he can dive in <laughs> inside, do some option routes, and then Cedric, I feel like, is gonna be my yeah, my my flanker, go out, go out deep, clear some space, field, stretch the field a little bit, and then obviously Austin Hill just bruising underneath. Uh we might we might not even need like top tier running backs. He's just gonna clear the path and um my boy Chase and, and Kyle are just gonna run through the through the gaping hole. So yeah, I mean, I didn't intend to do it like this, but I feel like if we're playing pickup football, my team's like a, my team's a very sizable favorite. Yeah, pick up six on six. I, I think uh, my boys aren't really making out of uh, first <laughs> quarter, but that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're going to the track. Yeah, good yeah, thing. Well, good thing we're going to the track for me and Phil's sake because I don't love my team either. On I, just the gotta, field. I just got to hope Kyle Larson doesn't run into Bubba Walls in the middle of the field and end his day prematurely because I don't know how well that would go for the for number five right there but um but yeah i mean obviously obviously really fun exercise and uh yeah we got to find a way to, to put some like fun stakes on this just so we can have some rooting interest if our bets go to shit on uh sunday night uh hopefully not but Agreed. um yeah well that was a that was a solid 100 minutes going on uh for the podcast nothing new for for us but we i really appreciate phil being a good sport for us and uh i know he he, he did, did just did a episode with uh, with Seth from IBT, so he's been doing double duty on the podcast. I'm sure his podcast will be coming out within the next day or so as well. So plenty of places, obviously, to uh, to follow Phil um, at Full Tank Phil on Twitter, the Full Tank Phil podcast on Spotify and Apple. And man, we uh, it's always a pleasure, man, talking to you. I know it um, it doesn't happen often. Uh, it doesn't happen often enough. So I, I always appreciate getting a guest on here and uh, and talking shop, even if I'm the a bit of the third wheel, but uh, yeah, had a, had a good time, and uh, best of luck this week in Daytona. I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I really was excited when uh, I got the text to come on. That, that wasn't me just uh, pumping your guys' tires. I was excited. And then when Chris uh, Chris mentioned the draft thing, I, I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. So, yeah, it definitely was a long uh, episode, but, you know, I, I had a lot of fun, and I hope it was fun to listen to. And, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we don't uh, get a chance to talk enough. Uh, but I appreciate you guys and, um, good luck this weekend to everyone. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you mentioned your third wheel. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> Chris and I kind of have to make sure you're, you're not going to claim victory over this, I guess, uh, you would say <laughs> that's but why yeah. it's no, nothing new though, because you're, you're kicking ass in the, the fantasy stuff that we are in. So, uh, you're a sleeper. Hey man, there's no shortage of good information on NASCAR. So I, I've got some good sources and uh they've definitely helped me a lot just talking with Chris and obviously you and Derek and hell Seth and all those guys. I mean, it's just been it's been sick, even though I'm not like uh 
I'm not a golf or I'm not a NASCAR analyst first, but uh, just being accepted by that community has been uh, been really nice. So I'll let Chris sign us off here. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed everything. Hope you got some actionable, actionable advice. And obviously, Phil is going to have your source for everything betting on Daytona, whether it's outrights, whether it's props, matchups, whatever you want. Uh, that's one of my first stops every single week when I'm either prepping for this podcast or kind of formulate my betting card. Uh, Phil is Phil's the man, and uh, he's got man, he's got a he's got the voice for it. He's got the analysis to back it up. So, um, yeah, just. Obviously, follow Full Tank Phil if you don't. I'm sure you guys do. Uh, but make sure you, you tune in that podcast this week at Daytona. Yeah, and I'm going to echo all those sentiments. Phil, I appreciate you obviously joining us. And uh, like I said, it was it was kind of harmonious that I looked back in the archives and it was two years to the day to have you on. So it just seems we're coming full coming full circle here to have you on for this for this draft special. The second draft special you've been with us too because we did the off season one as well. So um yeah appreciate you and then obviously for the listeners i did a really poor job of kind of highlighting my bets throughout the draft so uh <laughs> the bets aside pretty much everyone that i drafted right so brad kazowski at 14 to 1 we've locked in eric almerol at 25 to 1 stenhouse at 30 to 1 and then justin haley at 66 to 1 so that uh still plenty of room to budget as you guys know for uh super speedways we run primarily all outrights uh and the few things that we don't play that are outrights are going to be some longer shot odds, probably some, you know, top manufacturer bets, some long shot top tens, stuff like that. I stray away from the top five uh, and head to head market this week. So uh, you won't be seeing those on the card, but yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the draft. Let us know what you guys think about it. We're going to try to get some sort of graphic out there, maybe try to Photoshop it into like a ESPN fantasy football roster looking thing. Um, so you guys can follow along with us. But with that being said, we're going to close out the week for flag hunting have everybody enjoy Daytona. We got a night race on the schedule. It's the regular season finale. Um, when he gets to touch on it earlier, but I don't really want to talk about it. It's okay. We're just going to quickly note that uh, there's a Netflix special that's going to be kicking off next week as well to highlight some of these playoff races coming up. So make sure you tune into that as well. Um, but yeah, let's let's go into the playoffs with the bang, guys. See you guys next week. <laughs>